Yesterday was an important day of the Buddha's calendar, the day commemorating when the Buddha gave the first sermon in this world. It was a very important occasion because Venerable Anya Kodanya was able to see the Dhamma following the Buddha and became the first noble disciple and the first Sangha member. The Triple Gem was complete in this world, which took place at Isipatana Deer Park on the 15th day of the 8th lunar month. What Venerable Anya Kodanya saw was a truth of nature that has arising, persisting and ceasing. The Buddha said that what has a nature to arise has a nature to cease. This law of truth is something that is always there within nature. But our hearts don't yet accept this law of truth. This is something that is a noble truth, an excellent truth, but our hearts don't accept it. When our hearts don't accept the truth, then suffering arises in the heart. The Buddha found and was awakened to the Dhamma element. He understood it in its entirety. He taught for us to follow in his footsteps so that we can gradually overcome the suffering in our hearts. If we see as clearly as Venerable Anya Kodanya, then we will see the Dhamma. When we see the Dhamma, then we accept the truth. This truth is called the Four Noble Truths. Suffering is something we have to learn about, but through this we can't yet overcome any suffering. This is because suffering has its own cause. The cause of suffering is clinging and attachment. This clinging and attachment leads to desire to want or desire to not want or wanting more. This is something natural within the heart and is the cause for suffering to arise. But how are we to solve this suffering? The Buddha taught us to train and practice in morality, samadhi or concentration and wisdom. In the beginning, he taught us to have morality, like for you keeping the five moral precepts today. When we have generosity that is strong within our hearts and our body and speech are firmly established in morality, then meditation and the development of mindfulness and the diligent training of the mind will bring good results. It will make the mind firm and we can use this to learn about nature that has arising, staying and passing. We will see that there is no self, no me, no them in reality. When our hearts see in this way, this is called seeing Dhamma. If we see that there is a self, there is a being, a person, a me, a them, this is not seeing the Dhamma. But even if we see it in this way, the Buddha taught us to have morality first. Because those that have morality, they will still be able to have a good level of happiness on this earth. They have metta, kindness and consideration for others. Like when you come to make merit today, you have a mind of kindness coming to offer to the Buddha, Dhamma, Sangha. You offer candles 
and other requisites for the monks to use in the rains retreat. Especially on this day of entering the three-month rains retreat, you offer candles with the intention that you can make offerings of light to the Buddha, Dhamma and Sangha and so that the community of monks will have the opportunity to learn the Dhamma Vinaya using the lights for walking meditation, chanting and their spiritual development. In this day and age, these offerings have developed into offerings of light bulbs, but it has the same brightening effect. This brightness is important to have in the worldly sense. If there is no brightness, then people will live in difficulty. And what about the heart? If there is no brightness, then the heart will be dark, dark from clinging and attachments and no building of virtue and goodness. This is a heart full of suffering. But when we practice and develop ourselves, we build goodness to make the heart grow in brightness. When the heart is bright, then we will be able to see the truth. It can accept the law of nature, that there is a rising, staying and ceasing. This is called entering the heartwood of the Buddha's teachings and it can overcome the suffering within the heart. In the beginning, generosity and making merit is for the purpose of getting to this heartwood. When we keep the moral precepts, we can compare it to a tree like the bark of the tree. Developing mindfulness and samadhi is like the softwood of the tree. The seeing and knowing of the four noble truths, suffering, its cause, the end of suffering and the path of practice leading to the end of suffering. This is the heartwood of the tree. This is an appropriate simile. So you should examine yourselves. Right now, how is the mind? If we are happy and content with our generous acts, then that is good. But it's not that high yet. So we build on this and we determine to keep the five precepts for the whole rains retreat. Or if we can't do all of it, then we try to focus on one of the moral precepts that we are lacking at like not drinking alcohol for three months. And if we do this as an offering to the Buddha, the one who taught us not to be heedless, if we drink alcohol, then this may make us heedless. By drinking alcohol or intoxicants, the usual level of our mindfulness will diminish. We may be left with no mindfulness at all. And if we try to practice Dhamma, then we can't get any Samadhi. So you can offer this in homage to the Buddha that you will refrain from alcohol and intoxicants for the whole rains retreat. This is a higher practice that one is undertaking. When one practices generosity, you will see that there are those that don't have morality that can also practice this generosity. But the generosity from those who have a foundation in morality gain much more good results because it's done by someone who has wisdom. If you examine your mind and can see a base level of goodness, that you practice generosity regularly, you maintain the five moral precepts strictly, and you have no intention to harm yourselves or others, then you have to practice further 
by putting forth effort into developing mindfulness and restraining the mind further. We may have good morality, but greed, anger and delusion still arises in the heart, which means suffering can still arise. But because our morality is strong, we are able to not follow the natural tendencies of the heart and not follow the inclinations of the defilements that arise. For example, if we get tempted to want to drink alcohol, we can restrain that feeling. We may want to break one of the precepts, but we don't and we can endure it. This is kanti, patient endurance, which is a virtue of a wise person. When we have a good level of patient endurance, then the training of mindfulness and development of samadhi will give us much benefit. Our mindfulness will grow and our samadhi grows firmer. We have peace and a feeling of inner joy. Then, when we practice generosity, the fullness of the mind grows because we have a base of wisdom and a peaceful mind. When we keep the moral precepts, the mind has joy happiness and peace. Like when the Buddha was a bodhisattva perfecting his sila parami, the spiritual perfection of morality, and was born as a naga serpent who went to live in the human world and determined to strictly keep the eight moral precepts. He determined that even if anyone would harm him, he would not break the moral precepts. So for yourself that already live in this human world, to keep the five moral precepts regularly and the eight moral precepts on the half and full moon days will bring you much benefit. When we do this, our mindfulness and samadhi grows more firm, our generosity is consistent, our morality is maintained and we can meditate and practice every day. We can chant in the morning and evening every day because we have great faith in the Buddha. What's the reason we practice in this way? It's because we can see that all these things we have in the world are just temporary. They won't be ours forever. But the goodness that you are building will follow the mind onwards. I give my Anumodana with all the Buddhists who have come here to make offerings and merit in Wat Mapjan, but also those who are practicing similarly around the world on the occasion of Asalaha Puja and for the entering of the rains retreat. We are all Buddhists and the underlying meaning of this is that we are people who have knowing, who are awakened and who are blissful following the Buddha. The Buddha was the first to have knowledge, be awakened and be blissful. Then he taught the way for us to also know, awaken and be blissful. We follow the Buddha's teachings by offering our practice of Dhamma to the Buddha. When we offer our practice to him continuously, one day our mind will be calm, our samadhi firm, and then we will be able to see the truth of change. Whether it's seeing this hall, the trees, the mountains, the life of all people, that they are of the nature to arise, stay and then cease. In this world, we can't take anything with us. When we see this clearly, then our minds awaken from delusion, that is ignorance. 
knowing and understanding arises to destroy wrong view and attachments. That is, we see Dhamma. When we see Dhamma, then our faith and confidence will be full in our hearts. When we have full faith, then building goodness and sacrifices done with wisdom, not with delusion. They are done with the wisdom and understanding that if we attach to our possessions, then they are a cause for our suffering. When we have enough for ourselves, then we use a portion of it to help others, some for the elderly, some for orphans, just like Anattapindika or Lady Visaka, the chief lay disciples of the Buddha. They supported the Sangha and also helped those people who lived in difficulties. They were able to be a refuge for those in difficulties, for the people who didn't have enough food to eat. Until the wealthy Anatta Pindika got this appropriate name, which translates to the wealthy one who is a refuge for those in difficulties. Those with wisdom and faith practice in this way. Being disciples of the Buddha and taking the Buddha as our great teacher, then we must put forth effort in the practice, especially in chanting and meditation. Can we chant every day? Can we meditate every day? Can we keep the five or eight moral precepts? We must determine to practice like this. When we have greed arise, we can put a small stone in a tin. If we have anger, then we put a stone in another tin. Then, at the end of the rains retreat, we can see how much greed and anger we've had. Is it a lot? How was this year compared to the last? This is a method that Venerable Ajahn Chah taught. So we can try it out as a way for us to bring up mindfulness. The things that we are determined to do, our vows of determination, can we follow through with them? If we can, then our minds will improve. Our humanness will grow and be more perfect. Right now, don't take it as we are human. The body is a person, but if the heart has no morality, then the heart is just a person. Do you see a person? There are many different types. These people come in many different mixtures of bad and good actions. But if our hearts are human, then that means that our hearts are high, higher than other animals. Why? Because other animals don't have the opportunity to build goodness and have morality. They have no opportunity to learn and understand the Dhamma. But we all have a good opportunity here. We have a good body and a good brain. Then, for this rains retreat, we should put forth effort in developing ourselves spiritually to make our Dhamma practice improve. The people who practice generosity regularly should determine to keep morality. Those with good morality, they should determine to do chanting, develop mindfulness and meditate. Contemplate every day the impermanence of the sankharas, the compounded phenomena, whether it's outside of us, 
the things that humans build or the natural environment, even if they deteriorate slowly, they still deteriorate according to the law of nature. Or more so, our body. The body deteriorates every in and out breath. The in breath enters, stays for a moment, then goes out and is gone. Our lives arise and cease each moment. If we have strong greed, anger or delusion, then we can contemplate that life is uncertain. Why are we getting angry, wishing revenge, having ill will? We should live on this earth with kindness and forgiveness for each other. Living like this is much better. If we forgive each other and have kindness for each other, then this is the training of the mind to be higher than normal. Even if we have greed, anger and delusion arise, we are going against the natural tendencies of the mind together with an effort to cut off and let go of clinging, which is a cause of suffering. You can see that if you have no wealth and things, then you desire to have it. But when we have obtained it, then we have worry and are scared that it will disappear. If we have only one thing and it disappears, then we think that to get it back again will be hard and difficult. But when we have it and it changes or disappears, then we have suffering arise. So this clinging is a normal habit, but the Buddha told us to practice and contemplate in order to reduce this feeling of suffering in the heart. Suffering arises because of attachment. Suffering persists because of desire. So we need to learn about the Buddha's teaching for us to cease the suffering that arises within our heart. Today is the start of the rains retreat and we come to make offerings of candles. A candle gives off brightness, but this brightness will slowly fade moment by moment. In the candle there is a wick, the wax and the oxygen to support the flame. But in the end, when these supporting factors cease, then the candle goes out. We can compare this to our life like the candle of our life. It keeps diminishing all the time and in the end, when it comes time, it will go out and cease. This is normal. It arises, then ceases. So we need to practice Dhamma and train the mind. Why? Because suffering is waiting for us up ahead. Old age, sickness and death. It's waiting for us. So we need to train and contemplate and prepare the mind first. If we don't have enough mindfulness and wisdom, then it won't be sufficient to contemplate whatever arises and ceases. But if we have enough mindfulness and wisdom, like the male and female monastics and lay disciples of the Buddha, even if they had to face great loss, they were able to maintain their mindfulness. Many of them had the mindfulness and wisdom to maintain their hearts. Being Buddhists, you should learn about how to gain awakening. You have to strongly establish your mind. It's now the rain's retreat, so determine to keep morality, determine to develop goodness, determine that if you have anger towards someone, then you won't have ill will, 
towards them or harm them. You will forgive them. Because every life and every person intrinsically wants happiness and wants to avoid suffering. Being born, everyone wants to seek for happiness and they don't want to experience suffering. They don't want others to harm and have ill will towards them. But as we have to live in this world and society, there will inevitably be many people that have greed, anger and delusion, so we may not be able to give our trust to some people. We need to have the mindfulness and wisdom to know their true intentions. As Buddhists, we practice the Dhamma, but if we aren't perceptive of those around us, we may have to experience hardships when we didn't know someone else's true intentions in time. And it may lead us to believe that the Dhamma isn't looking after us. But it's a presence of mindfulness that is a Dhamma that will look after us. So we need to develop that careful and well-rounded mindfulness in regards to those people with ill intentions towards us. And also, we have to know how to meet with good people who have morality and Dhamma. So be determined during this rains retreat to not let unskillful habits and actions arise, to give up all that is unskillful, to develop all that is skillful, and to maintain all the good that we have developed, so that we will grow in the path that leads to knowing and awakening, following in the footsteps of the Buddha. May you all grow in the Dhamma.